Welcome to the Daily Boogie. Hello there, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope you had a lovely night. I was in a bit of a Brit pop, Brit rock mood this morning, hence the pulp. You'll never live like common people. You'll never do whatever common people do. Never fail like common people. Never watch your life slide out of you. Then we dance and drink and screw. Cause there's nothing else to do. So in that vein, tonight's recommended drink, ladies and gentlemen, a nice Pinot Noir from the Marlborough region in New Zealand. Tonight's recommended snack, a big serving of humble pie. Skull! Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this Wednesday night edition of the Daily Boogie Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for sharing the show out. If you did, if you didn't, that's okay. You can stick around, I guess. It's not a problem, but we really don't like the freeloaders. We really don't like the hangers-on. Well, that's not true. I I like freeloaders. There is a homeless man that sleeps on my couch almost every night. Nobody knows his name. Nobody knows why he got here. And now I'm just stealing references from obscure 90s movies about pot. So, And I don't even smoke the shit anymore. Thank you for joining us. UK Neil. Thank you for the diamond, sir. Thank you for the diamond. Much appreciated. Straight out of the blocks, UK Neil. Follow UK Neil on DLive, by the way. DLive.tv slash UK Neil. Always does interesting stuff. Um, so much to get through. Tonight's show, jam fucking packed. I'm not talking about donuts. I'm not talking about biscuits. I'm talking about content. Content with a capital K. KK content tonight. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I've got so much stuff to go through. We've got enough for two shows. My, uh, are you guys familiar with the late, great comedian Mitch Hedberg? He was, he was kind of, he, he did like this stoner routine and it was all like one-liners. He's one of my favorite comedians. I, d- I think he probably died from a drug overdose. <laughs> I don't think it was like a car accident or something normal. Um, one of my favorite jokes that he's done, he, he did was like, what is with the uh, two-in-one shampoo, conditioner and shampoo? Two is, one is not big enough to hold two. <laughs> it's impossible. If you were put two in one, the bottle would be all sticky and shit. <laughs> You couldn't get the cap on. <laughs> That's the kind of mood I'm in today. Two in one. So much to get through. So little time. Uh, just a public service announcement, though. Apparently, the president, Donald Trump, is currently making some announcement. He's giving remarks about water allocation or something. So I'm sure that would be very interesting for many people if you want to go and check out what Donald Trump is saying. Apparently, though, because we were talking about the water allocations here in Australia yesterday. I don't know if you're aware of this or not. Somebody alerted me to this fact. I I don't want to alarm anybody, but it seems people are paying attention. It seems that this little podcast, this tiny little podcast with its small but mighty audience is making waves, ladies and gentlemen. I know, it's pressure, it's pressure. Once you know you're being watched, 
then everything changes. It's more exciting. There's a thrill to it. So we did the story yesterday about water allocation in the great state of Queensland down here in Australia, where the local government is (laughs) sending millions and millions and millions and millions of litres of water instead of being allocated to the farmers so they go broke. Their farms turn into desert, their animals die, and they end up blowing their heads off with a shotgun. They're giving it instead to a Chinese company so they can bottle the water and sell it to tourists and Chinese people. Yay, capitalism. So we did that story yesterday, and then last night somebody told me Tucker Carlson was talking about the Chinese buying up big sections of American farmland. So can I just be the first to say, hi, Tucker. (laughs) Hi, Tucker. So Tucker Carlson then talks about the Chinese buying up large sections of farmland in the United States. And then today, ladies and gentlemen, Donald Trump. (laughs) Thank you, Space Force Droid, for the diamond. And then today, Donald Trump, ladies and gentlemen, is giving remarks about water allocation in the United States. It's fucking incredible. The Daily Boogie is setting the narrative. (laughs) Yeah. That's happening. Apparently that's happening. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on this edition of The Daily Boogie. If you'd like to leave a tip like a couple of people have already done tonight, please, the preferred method is to head over to dlive.tv. I don't know why I said that like a bogan then. Method. The preferred method... The preferred method is to head over to dlive.tv slash boogie bumper, get yourself some sweet succulent lemons and leave them in my slippery little fruit bowl. Uh, Or you can head to streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. Please, if you'd like to become a full-time supporter of the show, patreon.com slash boogie bumper. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. I don't even care if it's a bad review. I actually prefer bad reviews. I, I respond better to criticism than I do to praise. So if you're going to say anything when you leave a review on iTunes or what have you, make sure it's scathing because that brings me joy. So do that by hitting the subscribe button on your preferred podcast player. And of course, if you would like to tell me about how much water you have available right now, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Let's get into it. A couple of things I want to start off with here. Oh, that's not what I want to start off with. (laughs) Let's get that one off fucking screen. Uh, <laughs> oops. Um, tell you what, let's do this. God, I didn't do my homework, ladies and gentlemen. It's riveting, riveting live streaming, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, now we're rocking and rolling. All right. And we go from there to here. All right. So you've heard about Brexit. You've heard about the Brexit vote. Apparently Brexit is happening. Apparently Brexit is a big fucking thing. Apparently everything is happening. Brexit is done. Brexit is happening. We're all cheerful. We're all we're all loving life. We've got independence again, except, ladies and gentlemen, this particular London council who is going to fly the EU flag above their council chambers in order to be welcoming. 
Because as you know, when you're an immigrant or a tourist or somebody who just gets off a plane in a new city, in a new country, the first thing you do is head straight for the council chambers. You don't go to the nightclubs, you don't go to the bars, you don't go to the hotel, you don't go to the restaurant, you don't do any of that kind of thing. You go straight to the council chambers, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Oh, thank God. Thank God the councillors of this small London council are welcoming me as a European as a European citizen. Thank God, because for a moment there, I thought that I was stepping into Nazi Germany. I had no idea. Thank God, my EU flag. London Council vows to fly EU flag after Brexit to be more welcoming. A London Council has sparked controversy by announcing it will continue to fly the EU flag despite Brexit. Fuck Brexit. (laughs) Fuck what Brexit says. I don't care. We're going to welcome everybody. Hounslow Council says it will keep the flag up at Council Office Hounslow House as a, quote, symbol that we remain an internationalist borough, at least until the next election. I don't I don't know which Council Hounslow Borough, uh, Hounslow Council is, I don't know whereabouts in London it's been, uh, where it is. I did spend a little bit of time in London, but I was around, um, it, was, it was more like uh, Chelsea, right? So it was more like the poshy part. It's a part of London that they call uh, Kangaroo Court because a lot of Aussies live there. <laughs> I actually forget the name of the actual suburb, but it's it's in the Chelsea area, which is you know where a lot of the rich people live. But there's also a lot of backpacker places and a lot of uh, dive bars and a lot of seedy nightclubs that are open at midnight with a lot of Polish cleaning ladies that work there. Well, that go there after work. We ended up one night um, going from bar to bar with two Polish cleaners and a couple of uh, English lads. We don't remember their names, but we had a great fucking time. Council leader Steve Curran claimed the gesture was to show EU citizens in the borough that they are still friends, neighbours and loved ones who are valued members of our communities, ladies and gentlemen. We still value you. That's why we're flying the EU flag. However, some have accused the council of not listening to voters... (laughs) I guess there's a first time for everything. (laughs) Who would have thought a council wouldn't listen to its voters? Who would have thought? Who would have thought that politicians don't give a fuck what you think or say or do? I mean, it's crazy, right? What kind of crazy conspiracy theory fucking show is this? My elected officials love me. My politicians love me. They care what I think. I write them letters. I I make phone calls. I leave messages. They're listening to me. Mm -hmm. Well, you you must be one of the lucky ones. (laughs) However, some have accused the council of not listening to voters given Britain's decision to leave the EU in the 2016 referendum. The move was announced on January 31 at a meeting attended by staff from Poland, Croatia, Germany, Norway, Romania and other EU countries. Don't you find it a special kind of disgusting? It's disgusting, number one, for politicians to pander to people in their own voting base. Like, that makes me cringe. That makes probably most of you cringe. If you're listening to this show, you get that, right? You cringe when politicians go out of their way to pander to people, to pander to certain demographics in their own in their own constituency. Isn't it 10 times worse when they're pandering to officials like bureaucrats from other fucking countries? And I would just like to make an announcement here. 
in in uh, council chambers and these uh, hallowed halls. Uh, we have representatives today from Poland, uh, Croatia, Germany, uh, Norway, Romania, and uh, other EU constituencies. I would just like to make an announcement that uh, uh, the Horsborough Council has made the decision to fly the EU flag above our council chambers, ladies and gentlemen, in order to appear to be, uh, we are going to be welcoming and we are an internationalist council and there would have been a lot of this. Well, oh, here, here. Here, here. It's filthy. Filthy, horrifying stuff. Why? <laughs> Why? Who cares what bureaucrats from Poland think? One of one of my one of my uh, best mates is Polish. He would say, "Why are the British cucking themselves over this? Why are they doing this kind of shit? Who cares? Because the Poles don't care what the fucking Brits think. The Poles are still talking about what they call after World War II, when they when Britain allowed uh, Russia to take over Poland. Do you know what they call that? The Poles they call that the Great Betrayal. They're still talking about that after World War II. They don't care what British fucking politicians say. They borderline hate you. <laughs> Councillor Curran said. Although the decision to leave the EU has been made, we still know there's a lot of uncertainty and concern. There's a lot of concern among our EU citizens, their families and employers, as well as local businesses and organisations. Our EU citizens, many of whom work for the council and our partners, such as schools, health and social care services and the police, contribute a huge amount to the diversity and rich culture rich culture of the borough got to have you've got to have enrichment you absolutely must be enriched and you can only be enriched by stuff that comes from other places you cannot enrich your own society you cannot enrich your own population they are our friends neighbors and loved ones and we want them to stay isn't that wonderful so there you have it uh, London Council vows to fly EU flag after Brexit to be welcoming, quote unquote. That will be in the show notes, just like everything else we refer to today. Yesterday, I made reference, ladies and gentlemen, to an interview that I watched with uh, Peter Hitchens, who I who I adore, by the way. I think Peter Hitchens is the bee's dick. I love him. I think he's a great writer, a great speaker. Um, you know, if 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 we could. If it's not too cringeworthy to use the term based anymore, and if we could apply it retrospectively to a boomer, then Peter Hitchens would be the quintessential based boomer. He doesn't care. He's a you know, a Christian conservative, um, free speech advocate. Uh, he says things like ADHD is a made up disease. Like that's about as based as it gets for boomers, right? So he is a pretty based guy. He talks about his own country is dead, essentially. His culture is finished. Uh, his country is ruined. It's been raped. It's been destroyed. And he this, this is the topic that he focuses on. This is the topic that he talks about. So, um, you know, I appreciate his bleak, dark view of the future. It resonates with me as a black shirt wearing libertarian. So I was watching this interview that he gave with The Sun, more like an hour sit down. And I came across this particular part, which I think you'll appreciate. 
He's asked about Brexit and he's asked about the current conservative government. So he's a Christian conservative who hates the conservative government. He says they're not a real conservative party, right? So he's one of these guys. Like, fuck those guys. They're not real conservatives. I'm a real conservative. They don't know what they're doing. He's asked about Brexit and Boris Johnson. So I just thought this was interesting just to put something else on the table, just to put something else out there. Uh, Somebody who, you know, has an opinion that is valid, I think, and well-researched most of the time, and somebody who's not afraid to say what he really thinks. So, And that's what we're doing. We're cutting down a forest that we can't, that we could never grow again. Let's talk about one of those great institutions um, that you probably thought or maybe thought was, was far better um, a long time ago, the Conservative Party, because mm. you may see it as actually being a Conservative Party um, way back when. They've just won an election. They've got an 80-seat eight, majority. Why? Uh, partly they won because they had such weak opponents. Uh, a lot has gone wrong with the Labour Party. Not the thing which people often forget. They've almost completely lost. It's 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 it's, it's such this. It's the move of the cynic. Like I'm a pretty cynical person myself. You know what I mean? The move of the cynic is not to give praise to the person who wins the game. It's to say that the other team lost the game. Right. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think I think Boris Johnson won the game because, he, yes, the opponents were shit, but you've still got to win, right? You've still got to come up with something. So I thought he was very smart in making it very simple, making a very simple black and white binary, uh, binary choice. We've spoken about it before. He was being criticised for his election slogan, which was, let's get it done. And people said, this is too dumbed down, it's too simplistic. But he didn't have to come up with some kind of rhetorical wizardry in order to win the war of words in that election campaign. He just had to counteract what the Labor Party was saying. And the Labor Party was saying shit like, well, we might have another referendum, but we're not really sure. Lots of our members want another referendum, but we think the EU gives a lot of uh, promise and uh, we'd probably rather stay in the EU and work on it and maybe come up with something a little bit better than what we have. But that doesn't mean we should leave. But then again, if people want to leave, then maybe we should have another vote. And if that vote gets ratified, then we should maybe have a discussion in Parliament and maybe we should talk about it in Parliament. We'll have a vote about the vote. And if we want to have another vote, then we'll vote about the vote of the referendum and then we'll decide after we have a questionnaire versus, ah, let's just get it done. Let's just do it. You know, people are, people are more often, even if they don't agree with you, I think, I, I think this is a truthism in campaigns. Being someone who watches them, you know, like an ero, uh, heroin addict frequents back alleys in Sydney at two in the morning. I, I think even if people disagree with you, they prefer someone that is concrete. They prefer somebody that puts forward at least the perception that this is what I'm going to do and this is what's going to happen and this is what we're going to get done. Even if it's uh, an empty promise, even if it's platitudinal nonsense, even if the person voting disagrees with what the politician says, voters, I think, will you know, naturally be attracted, they will naturally gravitate to a politician that is at least forthright and concise in what in what their position is versus somebody, well, we don't really know what we want to do, right? They will naturally gravitate towards leadership versus, I don't know. So that's that's what I think happens, you know. Maybe not all the time, maybe most of the time, but that's just my general view.
any influence in Scotland, which used to be a vital part of the majorities they used to get. The Labour Party ceased to be the party of the English working class or of the trade unions. Uh, it gave that up. It became instead the party of bourgeois bohemians. Doesn't that sound familiar? It certainly sounds familiar to me as an Australian thinking about the Labour Party in Australia, and I bet it sounds familiar to a whole bunch of you guys in the United States. The Democrats used to be the party of the working class, of the unions, but they gave it up for, what did he say, bourgeoisie uh, sensibilities or something like that? I, I, I imagine a whole bunch of um, people who would consider themselves to be moderate Democrats would agree with that statement. I, I know at least I know at least a handful that listen to this show who are Democrats who, you know, wave American flags, love football, love guns and drive trucks, but they vote Democrat for usually for economic reasons rather than cultural reasons. The Republicans have been very smart and the Tories in uh, the UK and the Conservative Party here have been very smart turning the conversation into strictly a a cultural conversation, a social conversation. So if you're against like various pushes that the far left uh, try to engage in when it comes to social politics, right? Like, you know, like for example, drag time story hour, that shit goes viral. That's washed all over the internet. Uh, you know, various liberation drives, racism, oppression, narratives, all of that kind of shit. That shit that circulates, the the quote-unquote nominally conservative parties in the Anglosphere, for want of a better term, UK, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, not so much. We're not sure about our cousin Canada. We think Canada may be too far down. It's probably the French influence that's fucking Canada up. Just putting that out there. Because <laughs> their idea of liberation is completely different to the, you know, the English version of uh, individual liberty. In France, individual liberty means being able to cut the heads off your kings and queens <laughs> without repercussion. Uh, shout out to Robespierre. So they've they've been very successful in turning the conversation into you need to vote for us for the social reasons. But you know, someone like myself, I'm socially I'm a quite a liberal person. You know, I I really don't care as much about the social aspects as I care about, you know, the economic aspects and the political aspects, so to speak. So, you know, economically, I'm far, far, far right. You know, I, I, want a, I want a government that doesn't spend a fucking dollar that isn't accounted for, that isn't absolutely, absolutely necessary and agreed that it's necessary. Savage cuts across the board. But socially, you know, well, I mean, you know, if you want to fuck... If you want to fuck a pineapple, then so be it. You know, it's, I don't really care. It's none of my fucking business, man. I don't, I don't care about that shit. I'm not going to pay you to do it, right? So that's kind of where I'm at. So the conservative movements you'll find in the UK, Australia, the United States, um, <clears throat> they, they make the discussion about social issues rather than economic issues. Now, Trump, to, to an extent, has talked about the economic issues because he's a business guy. It's probably in his DNA. But he talks about it into, you know, bringing jobs back, uh, bringing back business, that kind of thing. But he doesn't talk about it in terms of expanding government expenditure, which he has done, which the Trump government has done. Now, I know the GDP thing has changed, right? 
and he talks about Wall Street going up. Uh, and every time the guy tweets about, you know, Wall Street is higher than it's ever been, I know a lot of people like that stuff. But me personally, uh, I cringe a little bit because that that just, again, perpetuates this idea that perpetual growth is a good thing. Perpetual growth is a realistic goal when it's not. It shouldn't be the goal. Uh, capitalism was never meant to exist in a in a reality of perpetual growth. It's supposed to it's supposed to have uh, highs and it's supposed to crash. It's supposed to reset. Uh, it's never supposed to be constantly getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger because that goes against all of the laws of economics that we know. And so, in order to do that, you have to you know, you have to do artificial things like. Uh, raising welfare spending so people have more money in their pockets so they can spend more on consumerism. You have to uh, increase immigration to bring in more consumers, put downward pressure on wages to put uh, upward pressure on the housing market, for example, because people have got to live somewhere, right? So this this cycle of perpetual growth, I think is, you know, it's it's nasty, man. It's cancer. But putting all that to one side... The Conservatives have been very successful in turning this into a social discussion rather than anything else. But so there are a whole bunch of, you would call them, you know, conservative Democrats. There are cons- there are Labor voters in the UK and in Australia, and there are Democrat voters in the United States who would be Christian, be nationalist, uh, sing the anthem, love football, love whatever the national sport is, love their team. For all intents and purposes, if you met them and politics didn't come up as a topic, you would think that they agree with everything that you think politically. But they just happen to vote for the other side. For whatever economic reason, they might be part of the union movement. Uh, they might think that you know power is too skewered to uh, private companies instead of to individuals. Whatever the pro- whatever the the premise is, these people exist, and we know that. Brexit, for example, only got over the line because of longtime Labor voters in the northeast of England. And we know that Donald Trump only got over the line because of blue wall states that had been voting Democrat for the last 30 years. So, and I suspect it's because the Conservatives, to their credit, have managed to turn it into a cultural social discussion rather than an economic discussion, rather than a political discussion. Does that make sense? Because you're getting now the Democrats. Like, what do you think the walkaway movement is all about? The walkaway movement is people who see the far left and all of the kind of crazy intellectual tip shit that they are trying to push and say, I don't want any part of that. I want to be an American. I want to wave my flag. I want to be proud of my country. I want to be proud of our history. You're allowed to be proud of your history. And so the the conservatives have done a very clever thing by positioning themselves as the party of that. As we're not those people. We're not we're not trying to eat this country up from the inside out. And I think the same thing happened in the UK with Brexit, the same thing happened here in Australia. But then it presents a different problem. It presents a different problem if you're somebody like me who's going to point out when, you know, the Prime Minister of Australia does something like we talked about it on the show a couple of weeks ago, spending half a million dollars to put facial recognition cameras into into schools to essentially spy on students, to start taking biometric data on students to keep tabs on them, 
and I'm going to be the guy that puts my hand up and say, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. And you know what happens after that? All of a sudden then I get lumped in with the communists. Oh, you must fucking, you must hate Australia. What the hell is wrong with you? Do you hate the conservatives? We're the Christians. We're trying to protect our country. We're trying to protect our children. What are you, some kind of Satanist? So there's a pro and con to everything. There's an upside and a downside to everything. And, you know, if you make it all about culture, if you make it all about the social question rather than the political question slash the economic question, then, you know, uh, at some point you're going to run into these roadblocks and they're going to slap you in the forehead with great force. But let's carry on with Peter. And pseudo-intellectuals and uh, political and cultural liberals. And the funny thing was, the really funny thing was, is in, in a way a sort of terrible justice on them for doing this, was that they've created Blairism, which was this cultural revolutionary uh, internationalist, uh, make lots of wars abroad position. And it brought them triumph in elections between 1997 and, uh, and, and uh, 2010. And then the Tory party stole Blairism from Labour and the Tory party became <laughs> a Blairite party. So the Tory party actually adopted Blairism, which is, is actually Euro-communism and, and Gramscian cultural revolution, uh, without having a clue. He, he doesn't fucking hold back, does he? <laughs> the Tory party adopted Euro-communism. <laughs> they were doing. Uh, some of the Blairites uh, were ex, supposedly Marxist. They knew what they were up to. None of the Tories had the faintest clue what they were adopting. They just adopted it because they wanted office. <laughs> and it's, um, it's, it's not, it, I won't call it the religion, but it's certainly the belief of the, the thinking and the media classes. And so it gets a very good press and it gets very good broadcasting coverage. And I think that's why the Tories won, because they adopted Blairism most effectively. The issue of the European Union got in the way of this. I mean, David Cameron was being a very effective heir to Blair until he got tangled up in the European Union, which he didn't, he didn't understand the size of. And there was this great moment where we could have sacrificed the Conservative Party to save the country and exited the European Union by the right route and in the right way. Uh, but in but the what what actually happened through the referendum was that we sacrificed the country to save the Conservative Party. <laughs> so you know, uh, agree, disagree, whatever your thoughts may be. I, I suspect UK Neil probably sees it a little bit different to Peter Hitchens. But here's where I'm going to go back on the side of the social conservatives. Right? Here's where I'm going to double back. So if you're new to this program, the way it usually works is um, within the first half an hour, if you're a liberal, you're, you'll accuse me of being uh, being a conservative shill. And if you're a conservative, you'll accuse me of being a liberal hack. Like well, this is the way it's going to work, just so you know. So feel free to out the back door. So the problem it, I see for people like Peter Hitchens, who I think is very steadfast and very principled, he knows what he's talking about, uh, he follows this stuff very closely, so he's he's probably got a, a lot of really good points. The problem is, uh, how do how does one open the door for uh, social populism, if you want to if you want to use that term? Like, so how does one open the door for conservative parties, nominally conservative parties in the Anglosphere, who make pronouncements about social issues and get elected off the back of essentially outrage? 
because that's what that is what we're dealing with here. It's it's outrage about certain issues, right? How does that happen? It happens because the cons- the, the established parties have not been doing their job. Like it always it always amuses me when people come up with all of these diagnosis diagnoses for why Donald Trump was elected in 2016. And they say, oh, it's because of racism, it's because of this, it's because of inequality, it's because of blah, 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 blah. I don't even think it's because of the left. I don't think that is. I think it's people were sick of politics, full stop. Not these politicians, not those politicians, not the left politicians, not the right politicians. They were sick of all of it. So they gave the vote to the one guy who wasn't one of them, right? They voted for the one guy who wasn't part of the the system, quote unquote, at least in perceptive terms. So the problem I see, because Peter Hitchens, I imagine, would be the equivalent of a never Trumper in the United States and somebody who's who's too conservative for Trump. Right. And I get it. I don't worry. I, I have friends like this. I understand their arguments. And in some areas, I have sympathy with that view. But here's the problem. If you're a conservative in the Western world, why the fuck should anybody vote for you? You are the tried and true conservative. You're the one that really means it. You're the one with principles. What have you, what reason have you given people to believe you? You couldn't even keep men out of the female toilets. That is how insignificant you are. That is how irrelevant you have become. So even though I agree with some aspects, even though I understand the political philosophy behind it, even though I I respect the principled stance, even though I understand the value system, like if you're talking about classical uh, Christian conservatism, you're talking about shit like Edmund Burke, right? I've read all that stuff. I get all that stuff. But you haven't been effective. You haven't changed anything. You haven't prevented things from changing. That's supposed to be the role of the conservative side of uh, of the aisle is to stop change from happening. And for all of your moaning and for all of your bitching and for all of your saying and for all of your fucking pearl clutching, you have essentially politically waved the white flag whilst your opponents have run roughshod over you and have now, as like we said, they now have um, grown men shaking their penis in the face of small children in public libraries, in government buildings. And all you can manage, all you can uh, manage to do is turn to the people who have voted for like the firebrand who might not really be a conservative, but at least says conservative things sometimes and point to them and say, well, you're all basically idiots. You don't get it. And as I have to say, no, I disagree. No, you don't get it. (laughs) You've, you've, all you've done is lose. All you've been doing is losing for the last five decades. Why the fuck should people care now and it's i say the same thing to progressives progressives who are like oh we need change we need change it's like you've already won why are you still fighting now you think about it look look around the western world you've already won you already have mass immigration you already have liberation 
You already have like equality. You already have all of the things that you've been fighting for. The backlash now is because you're still fighting. So people, the, the your enemy, the people that you see as the bigots and the hateful ones and the conservatives, they're so fucking evil. Oh. The reason that you're getting this backlash, it's not because of them. They let you do, they let you do all of that stuff for the last 40 or 50 years. The backlash that you're getting is from people on your own side now who say, no, 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 you've gone too far. This is too much. You're, 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 you're carrying on with the fight when you're supposed to sit back and enjoy your victory. And that's why I suspect you get longtime Labor voters switching to the Tories because they make it about the social conversation, not the political one. That's why you get the blue wall states voting for Donald Trump, because he made it about the social conversation, not the political one. And that's why you get the liberal government getting elected in, in Australia, despite losing every single opinion poll leading up to the election, because it was made about the social conversation and not the political economical one. Like, I would think that this stuff is very obvious and very easy if you actually look at it objectively. Of course, we are routinely betrayed by the corporate media who would much rather get the clicks and get the uh, get the selling points and sell advertising and say, no, no, it's actually because Hitler has risen from the grave and is now ruling again. Ah, oh, okay. Because I don't know if they're stupid or we are for absorbing it, but either way, it's at least it's entertaining. That's what we've done, and people will find over the next few years as we get used to the terrible mess of the type of exit which we've chosen, uh, that indeed uh, the country was sacrificed to save the Conservative Party. That's why they won the election. Also, people were so sick. I, I, I was sick of it. Uh, and I'm interested in politics and I, I'm interested in the story. I was so sick of talking about the European Union morning, noon and night and, and having dreams and nightmares about it. <laughs> uh, it. It was so inescapable that I think offered the opportunity to have it over and done with. They took it. I think that was fundamentally the reason. I think that's a point. I think that's. A I think I point. may know the answer to this question. We're going to answer, ask it anyway. Um, is there anything in the Boris Johnson, Dominic Cummings ethos, plan, manifesto that you think, wow, that's great? We're, we're going to re re revitalise Britain. No. <laughs> that was an easy one. Sorry, I was going to say it again if you like. Uh, I mean, no, no. <laughs> what what is it about their... Um... Again, I've got to say, I'm a big fan of uh, Peter Hitchens. I, I just love his uh, straightforward, matter of fact way of dealing with people. He doesn't mince words. Is there anything in the Boris, jo uh, Boris Johnson platform that you agree with? No. No. <laughs> no big explanation. No pandering, right? None of this pandering shit. No, no, don't. You know, their, their plan that you don't like, what is it? It's not so, I don't, I mean, I, I, Alexander, which is his real name, Johnson, is, is not a conservative. Uh, he, he doesn't have... At the point I've made many times before, Donald Trump is not a conservative either. You'd be amazed how many people still try to fight me on that. When I say, like, the brutal reality, Donald Trump is a New York liberal. It's just that the term liberal has been so raped over the last 20 years that it means something different to what it meant when Donald Trump was younger, right? But for all intents and purposes, Donald Trump is not a conservative. And if you're talking about conservatism, like in the American context, you're talking about, this is another thing that people don't fucking like to hear. 
if you're talking about conservatism in the American context, in the American paradigm, you conservatism was never like pro-free speech. This is a new thing. This is a new idea that has sprung up. And it's it's because the other side, the quote unquote liberal side, which was supposed to be free speech, which was at one point in time free speech, they are more anti-free speech than the conservatives are now. So now in, in again, in the strict definition of the word, to be a conservative is now to be pro-free speech. But we know that that's not true. We know that that's not true. To be a conservative is to be pro-free expression. You might be uh, pro-free expression up to a point, but if you are a strict const- if you are a strict conservative uh, personality and a strict conservative mindset, you don't believe in free speech. You believe in restricting certain things because why? Because it's about social issues, right? You don't want children hearing certain things. You think certain words shouldn't be uttered in public. You sit. You think certain broadcasts shouldn't be, uh, you know, seen by people. You think uh, blasphemy should be a thing still because that's what a strict Christian conservative believes in. It's just that we now live in a time like everything, everything is ass backwards and everything is inverted on itself. And I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. Like if you're a long time listener to this show, you'll know that I'm I'm more, you know, sympathetic with that view than obviously than I am with the other side. But to say that Donald Trump is a conservative is it's objectively false. He's, there's nothing about the guy that is conservative at all. And I don't know what it takes to convince you that there's nothing about the guy that's conservative. If it's the uh, dozens of, you know, fucking centerfold models that he's fucked in anger over the last 30 years, or if it's the gold-plated buildings that he builds, there is nothing about the man that is conservative in any way, shape, or form. And it's fine to be a conservative and to vote for the guy because I think he represents... He's a figure of, uh, you know, he's a manifestation of the anger that you have for the other side, which is fine. I don't, I don't have a problem with that. But to call the guy a conservative is just a lie. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> Nothing about the guy is conservative at all. He might agree with, like, I agree with certain uh, conservative platforms. On some issues, I would be more conservative than conservatives. But then, if again, if you're a long-time viewer of this live stream or a listener of this podcast, you would know um, on other issues, I attack conservatives fucking relentlessly, especially when it comes to things like uh, privacy and free speech. You know, like, I, I just, I'm loath to bring it up again. It's a conservative government in the UK that is parking nondescript black vans on public streets in London and taking people's photographs, even though they've done nothing wrong, and then arresting them if they refuse to have their photograph taken while they're just walking around in the street. It is the conservative government in Australia that is funding facial recognition software in schools to keep tabs on children. It is a conservative, quote-unquote, conservative Donald Trump administration that signed off an extension of the data collection aspects of the Patriot Act at the end of last year. Nobody was fucking talking about that, myself included. Didn't even know that it happened. The Democrats and the Republicans agreed with it in the House. The Democrats and the Republicans agreed with it in the Senate. It went to Donald Trump's desk and he fucking signed it. Yeah, let's keep the Patriot Act going. 
Let's keep it going for another six months. So, you know, the protector of the protector of constitutional liberties and stuff. I mean, if it helps you sleep at night, fine. But the, the conservative, to be a, a true conservative by strict definition was never to be pro-free speech, to be pro-liberty, like uh, to be pro-free uh, you know, free expression. That's a myth. That's a lie. You might be more pro-free speech than the people on the opposite side of the aisle right now, right now, uh, but that doesn't mean that you're like an absolutist. And if you disagree with me, then just look at all the people who are saying that, uh, you know, again, we'll refer back to it. J-Lo's dancing at the halftime show at the NFL should be banned. <laughs> Please. Any you just disagree on what level of censorship we should have. What level of social controls there should be. But you don't disagree. You don't disagree necessarily. You just disagree with you know how how restrictive should the controls be right now? Because the other side is more restrictive than you. As far as I can see, of moral, social, or political conservatism, uh, I quite like him. He's 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 enjoyable company. See, moral, social, and political conservatism. He's actually smart enough to separate the three things, because they are three separate discussions. He's not a bad. Speaker, he's he's an intelligent, well-read person. He's a good journalist. He's you know, all these things. This isn't this isn't kind of personal animus, but it is extraordinary, isn't it, that we now have living in number ten Downing Street. Kimmy says, "I keep forgetting Shakira." <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. To be fair, I don't understand the um the thirstiness for Shakira. Not my type. I don't get it. Not my type. A fifty-year-old J Lo to me is um superior to. A whatever Shakira is, I don't. I don't think she's even in the same league as J Lo, <laughs> so that's why I don't refer to Shakira. She's not even close. <laughs> For the first time in our history, a prime minister openly living with a woman to whom he's not married. Now, whatever this may or may not be, whether you approve of it or disapprove of it, or whether you have no opinions on it at all, it's not a conservative action. There you go. So he's not it's lying. It's a profoundly unconservative action, and it is probably the most significant action that he's taken. So that's that to me is a real conservative right there. That's a real conservative position. The prime minister is living with a woman who is not his wife. Whatever you think of that, that's fine, but that's a profoundly anti-conservative thing to do. And he's fucking right. You know, I've often said that there's a lot of people who call themselves progressives, but they're actually conservatives and they just don't realize it yet. And I think the same applies in reverse. There are a lot of people who call themselves conservatives, but they don't really know what conservatism is. They don't really appreciate what conservatism means. They think they're, well, there are a lot of people who think they're a conservative because they wear a red hat at a rally. That's, that's not what it means, right? But, you know, this is, it's always going to be the case. And this is why, you know, these kinds of discussions are so, uh, you know, so boring in an everlasting fashion for most people because most people don't care. Most people don't care about the distinction. Most people don't care about the difference. Um, if we could just, like, so UK, Neil, you agree with me, right? So, and it's fine, like, it's fine to um, agree with certain conservative positions. And it's fine to you know, wear a red hat, go to a rally, and it's fine to support Boris Johnson. I'm not saying that it's not. 
Um, but then again, I would refer back to my earlier comments saying that, well, okay, if you want real conservatism strictly by the book, um, you've only you've only been losing for the last 60 years. So you give people very little option but to vote for the guy who's not really a conservative but says conservative things. Because you couldn't even conserve a public fucking toilet. You couldn't even conserve children getting dicks waved in their faces in public libraries. So uh, pardon me if I have a little bit of scepticism for the purely conservative position. Although it may be right for you, and although the morals and ethics standpoint might be fucking solid gold, for whatever reason you have been unable to convince your countrymen and your comrades and your brothers and sisters in your countries that that is the way to go, and you fucking... You lost the battle. You lost the cultural argument overwhelmingly. It's like you lost the Super Bowl 60 nil. You got absolutely smashed in the culture war. So you gave people no other option but to vote for the firebrand who may say conservative things, but isn't really a conservative because he's fucking a woman that's not his wife. Oh, perish the fucking thought. How could you? How awful, right? Whoa, oh, what a tragedy. I don't care who Donald Trump has sex with. I don't care who Boris Johnson has sex with. But I don't call myself like a hardcore Christian conservative by the same token. So, them's the breaks. So there you have it. That will be in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to move on to this. Amberlina sent this through. This is delicious. From Bloomberg, ladies and gentlemen. We're going we're gonna to get into Michael Bloomberg tonight. We're gonna have a little. We're gonna have a little assessment of Mickey Bloom. Mickey Bloom. Let's call him Mickey Bloom. Let's give him like a good Bronx name. Hey, Mickey Bloom. Trump rape accuser slams effort to stall her defamation case. Ladies and gentlemen, of course it's in Bloomberg. <laughs> a New York advice columnist. Why is she giving advice? Who claims President Donald Trump raped her two decades ago? Raped her. Think about Donald... Have you ever heard this term, the sniff test? It doesn't pass the sniff test, right? Now, of course, this makes people angry when you say things like this, but I don't care. Um, think about Donald Trump two decades ago. What was he doing? Again, he's probably had sex with every single Playboy Playmate of the Year for the last fucking 30 years at this point in his life, 20 years ago. He has probably had sex with more Miss America pageant contestants than any other man in human fucking history. He doesn't have to rape people. Women will rape him. <laughs> it's just the way it works. A New York advice columnist who claims President Donald Trump raped her two decades ago asked a judge to deny his request to put her defamation lawsuit on hold until a related lawsuit is resolved, which might not happen until after the November election. What a fucking horror show! E. Jean Carroll, who went public with her claims in June, said in a court filing on Tuesday that Trump is using questionable delay tactics. Oh, you mean using the court system? You mean doing legal things in the court system? Yeah questionable delay tactics that's another way of saying uh he's doing legal things that i don't like you see apparently in the minds of these people uh when they make certain demands of you like this woman is asking him to hand over a sperm sample a dna sample <laughs> no the police aren't involved at this point she wants a court order to get trump dna 
And again, I would just reiterate, if you wanted Trump DNA, all you have to do is be a Miss America pageant and you'll probably get it for free without having to go to court. But nonetheless, she wants a Trump DNA sample and he's, you know, using his lawyers as everyone has a right to do, usually if you have enough money, to be fair. But he's using his lawyers to say, no, I don't think we'll do that. And this now becomes questionable delay tactics. Questionable to whom exactly? <laughs> Not people with common sense, I would have thought. Questionable delay tactics to avoid her request for discovery and a DNA sample that she says may help her case. <laughs> Could you imagine the fucking circus that would happen if Donald Trump had to masturbate into a cup on live television? It may get, it may win the ratings war. Same little pounding that little mushroom dick. <laughs> I don't know. Like I said, I'm in a silly mood today. Fuck it. But yeah, I just, I, I love the fact that it's in Bloomberg. So thank you very much for that, Amberlina. Uh, this next story I've got for you, because now we're going to be jumping around. This is fucking amazing. I love this shit. This is the kind of shit that makes me, like, just, f it fills me with joy. And it's from Summit News, which is the website run by PJ Dubs. Live webcam stream located in Crack Alley broadcasts user-generated sound. So if you're not familiar with this, right? So um, so I'm streaming right now, right? You get that, obviously. But you have people who stream who are called IRL streamers, in real life streamers. Um, the first name that pops into my head and pretty much the only name that pops into my head is a guy named Carl, who I saw courtesy of um, becoming a fan of Nightwave Radio, who, who plays his stuff from time to time. Carl is an absolute fucking maniac. <laughs> so Carl is in New York and he will go around New York. I, the last one I saw, he was wearing a furry outfit and he was, you know, getting into conversation. He was having adventures in this furry outfit, pretending to be a fox, putting people in awkward positions. So while he's walking around, he's live streaming it. And people can donate to his live stream and then play some kind of media, like some kind of song or something or you know, a bit of a YouTube clip or whatever. This is what we're talking about here, right? Usually something that makes it more awkward. But Carl's such a genius. He uses it all to his advantage. He's an absolute fucking superstar. Um, if you can, I think it's Carl 2 on YouTube. If you go to his YouTube channel, you'll find like just hours of gold. He's an absolute fucking maniac. So people donate like, like streamlabs.com slash boogie bumper. Same website. An alert pops up on the screen and it plays media automatically. So somebody has set up one of these situations in a crack den, in a crack alley. <laughs> and it's I think it's still live now. It's been going live for like 11 hours at this point. A live webcam stream with speakers located in an alley popular with drug dealers, which allows viewers to donate to play sounds when entirely expected, uh, went entirely expected, Oh, pardon me, went entirely expected when users began making the speakers play racist messages. <laughs> of course they did. So let's, because <laughs> why else would you fucking donate to this stream? Let's have a look. Let's see some of this stuff. Hey, niggers down below. <laughs> I'm up here watching your black ass. We watched you steal so much shit, smoke so much crack, sit in so much piss and search for crack in the piss. You are all just a bunch of fucking niggers. And we're all watching. There you go. 
<laughs> so someone's playing this over the fucking speakers in this crack alley. <laughs> oh my. Oh my good lord. That is quite something. Uh, let's see what the next one says. Hey, you down there. You in the alley. Yeah, you. You fucking niggers. Get the... <laughs> okay, I think you get the idea. <laughs> Guy sets up cam and speakers in a crack alley and lets viewers donate to play sounds. What could go wrong? The channel responsible for the stream, Kegel Weagle, emphasized, I do not support the views of the people who donate. The stream still remains live on YouTube. So should we should we do it live? Should we check it out live? It's still there it is. They, this is live happening right now. I don't know who Karen Jannies is, but apparently she needs to fuck. Fuck Karen Jannies. Oh, here we go. Do we have a customer? Riveting stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Window of life. Tits off $5 media. There you have it. <laughs> the, the future of humankind is assured. AI has nothing on humanity. Oh, look, look, this is live. This is happening. Come on, do us, make a sale. Channel name again, Boogie. Uh, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll try to, I will try to put the link in the chat and see if it fucking lets me. No, no, this isn't Carl. This isn't Carl. Monica, this is not Carl. This is somebody else. <laughs> it's not letting me put it in the chat. Uh, I can put it in the DLive chat. How about that? All right. There you go. Yeah, for some reason the restream uh, the restream chat app doesn't let you put links in. I don't know why. It should. Carl would do this in person though. Says Brave Bigger. I think he would too. Oh oh oh! Here we go! Here we go! Here we go. Is that a bucket of chicken? It is a bucket of chicken! Yes! Woo! <laughs> it's a bucket of fucking KFC! <laughs> this is live! We're doing this live! I don't fucking believe it! Sometimes the gods just shine on... Sometimes the gods just bring you love! <laughs> Someone's playing a Hitler speech. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is fucking fantastic. Here we go. We've got a sale. We've got a live sale. I got the shit right here, man. This is incredible. Look, it's deals happening right here. 
drug deals happening live around the fucking world. So bot's asking, what is this? Somebody set up um, a live stream of a, a drug alley, like from their apartment window, and they've got uh, Streamlabs set up. So people are donating and like playing. He's got speakers outside the window and the camera pointing down on this fucking crack alley. <laughs> it's been going for like 12 hours nonstop. Yeah, but Alex Jones needs to be kicked off uh, YouTube, right? Nick Fuentes needs to be fucking kicked off YouTube. Yeah? Of course, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Fat fart chugger donated five hey, bucks. Hey, you down there. You in the alley. Yeah, you. You fucking niggers. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my motherfucking alley. You fucking niggers. So that's a, that's a clip that somebody is playing because they donated to Streamlabs, right? So they're playing. Cake donated. For, now they're rolling in. Now the donations roll. This guy's probably making a fucking killing doing this. I, I must say that I do not agree with any of the views expressed in this particular live stream by the particular uh, particular people donating. I disavow. <laughs> I fucking love the bucket of KFC though. In the so this is playing this is playing over speakers into the alleyway. But again, it's been happening for like twelve hours. They're not getting out of the alleyway. They're staying. They don't give a fuck. We got another customer here. Who just leaves a bucket of uh, fried chicken just sitting there like that? It's like bees to the honeypot, man. I'd fucking go in there and steal the KFC. Nathan Turn has donated five dollars. Let's see what Nathan's gonna play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. Tell you what, we'll keep that. <laughs> we'll keep this running in the background. We'll keep an eye on it just in case. I will. I will move that up to a separate screen. Oh, hang on. There's another donation. There's another dono coming in. <laughs> So we'll keep that rolling in the background. We will check in later on. I think I'm going to have to keep an eye on this fucking live stream now. I think the rest of my night is now ruined, to be honest. I don't know what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. Uh, let tell you what, keeping on the racism theme, uh, I came across this video the other day, ladies and gentlemen. 
the lovely, the evergreen DuckTales. All they do is eat chicken and fuck them. <laughs> I am a very immature person. <laughs> Somebody, I don't know who... This shit is going to make the news and be called a hate crime, probably. Somebody in the chat said before, I think it was D Live Dingus that said, uh, This is what the internet was made for. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> so, speaking on the racism theme, keeping on that theme, uh, this is the lovely, the evergreen book, Bo- uh, Brooke Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen, who I adore personally. I think she's wonderful. I would like to, um, you know, only wholesome thoughts do I have for Brooke Baldwin. I would like to see her in a Pikachu onesie. Um, I would feed her chocolates and cuddle her on the lounge. And that's it. I wouldn't do anything else. I would just give her nice cuddles while she wears a Pikachu onesie. That's I think that's that's the that's the kind of vibe I get from Brooke. <laughs> that's the kind of feels that I see coming out of Brooke. Like I'm not sure. You know, if she had her way, I think she would rather do that. I think she would rather be cuddled by the boogs than be getting angry about racism on television. You know what I mean? I think she's a soft soul. I think she's a sensitive girl. I, she does look like a cuddler, doesn't she? So <laughs> let's get... <laughs> Hang on. Is something happening here? No, the window of life is still... It, it is where it is. I'll keep an eye on it. Don't worry. If something happens at the window of life, which is that's the name of the stream. If you want to go to the stream on YouTube, window of life, type that in and it should come up. It's been going for like 12 hours. Fucking fantastic. So let's see why Brooke is getting salty today. Involving slurs posted on Snapchat by a group of Michigan high school students brought this community of parents and teachers and school administrators together to discuss diversity. Diversity. Yeah, we've got to discuss diversity and inclusion. But that meeting devolved into another shockingly racist incident involving two fathers, one white, one Latino. So let me play for you exactly what happened when this Latino parent opened up about the discrimination his now adult children had once endured at the school. I remember when I went to his bedroom to say goodnight and he was crying because of the abuse that he was enduring in this school system. Then why did you stay in Mexico? did you hear what he said i'll rewind it i'll play it again so this guy obviously they say latino dad i don't know so for me latino isn't it there's a difference between latino and latina isn't there i'm going to uh claim ignorance on this I'm going to plead ignorance. There's a difference between Latino and Latina, and I'm not quite sure what the fucking difference is. So I don't know if he is Mexican or not, but maybe he is. I don't know. But he's obviously got a very heavy non-American accent, right? Am I even allowed to say that anymore? He's obviously got a very heavy accent from some other country. Let's put it that way. (laughs) So let's play it again. Crying. Because of the abuse that he was enduring in this school system. Then why did you stay in Mexico? You need to leave. You need to leave. <laughs> Look at the guy. I love the reaction on the dude. So the dude that said it's like, what? What did I do? 
<laughs> and the fucking sweet irony of it all. So the guy who is obviously not from the United States is complaining about how abusive and racist the United States is. This guy who is obviously from the United States asked this guy, so why did you leave Mexico then if it's so abusive and fucking horrible here? And the very first comment that this guy gets is, you need to leave. (laughs) Okay, so Latino is male, Latina is female. So we have this Latina on the microphone. And he's talking about his child was crying. I, I, again, I'm a sympathetic guy. I get, you know, kids crying and stuff. They're getting abused. They're getting bullied. I know it's terrible. It's terrible. It's horrible stuff. It's difficult for parents. It's difficult for kids. I get it, man. It's not good. It's not a good thing that happens. <laughs> I just love the fact that this guy, the first reaction this guy gets is <laughs> you need to leave. You need to leave. not the guy who came to the school system from some other system, not the guy who came to the country from some other country and is now on the microphone telling the people from the country that they're abusive and racist and horrible and making his children cry. He doesn't have to leave. No, no, no. The guy who asks, why did you leave the first place then? He needs to leave. (laughs) We're against people talking about how could you say that? Why don't you go back to, well, why did you, he didn't even say, why don't you go back to where you came from? He didn't say that. That might've been over the line. He asked, why did you leave Mexico then? If it's so horrible here, why did you leave Mexico? See, I don't think, maybe I'm a bad judge. I don't think that's racist, but I don't really think a lot of stuff is actually racist that people say is racist now. You know, the term just gets used so much that I, I don't think most of it is actual legitimate racism. I've known actual legitimate racists. And the other thing, too, is when they try to make out that people are racist, you, you don't have to go into, like, um, you know, unconscious bias. You don't have to go into code words. You don't have to go into coded language. If you've actually met a legitimate racist person, they will openly tell you. <laughs> Because they're like, no, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. I hate those people. Fuck them. You know, that's that's what an actual racist is, in my opinion. But again, maybe I'm the wrong, maybe I'm a bad judge. <clears throat> so it doesn't end there, though. Of course, you know where this story is going. It's disgusting. It's disgu- disgusting. How could you? He's laughing, though. I'll see you in hell. I'll see you in hell. That's indicative of what these kids are experiencing. Uh, difficult questions. <laughs> that's indicative of what our kids are experiencing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like that. yeah. And that's, no, he's sharing a story right now. Oh, big, big, big bass black guy. <laughs> he stood up, though. Ring say. the bell and get your <laughs> cheese, man. Big angry black guy stands up. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's indicative of what our kids are experiencing, you piece of shit. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Please don't hurt me. The finger pointing. Ring the bell and get your cheese, man. Thank you for gifting the subs, guys. Dad said was then, why don't you go back? Uh, then what? No, 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 no. Brooke, Brooke, Brookie. Brookie, baby. Brookie, baby. Uh-uh-uh. Uh-uh-uh, honey. 
He didn't say, why don't you go back? She, she, see, she corrected herself. She stopped herself from saying it. He didn't say, why don't you go back? No, no, no. He said, why did you leave? Very different. Very different. Why don't you go back? Maybe pushing the limit. I get that. So why don't you fucking go back where you came from? I can see why that would be more aggressive to people. But asking somebody why they left their own country. No. Nah. No, 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 no. It's not the same thing. She missed it. What that other dad said was, then why don't you go back? Uh, then He said, excuse me, then why didn't you stay in Mexico? So the See, to her, it's the same thing. It's the same comment. And, you, you like, this is going to sound really nerdy, but we often complain about all of the nuance being stripped out of conversation now, like, People don't actually listen to the words that you're saying. People don't actually apply the meaning of the words that you say. They invent their own meanings for words now. And they don't actually listen to the words that you use. But instead, they react emotionally to what they think you mean instead of what you actually say. That's, that's where all of this shit comes from. You have so many conversations saying, like, if you do something like this, if you do a live stream, there is, you have so much, you waste so much time explaining to people who say, well, you said this. And you go, no, I actually said this. And they're like, yeah, but fuck you. You know what I mean? It's so much of that that goes on. Because again, people don't listen to the actual words that you say. They react emotionally to how the words make them feel. And then when they react emotionally to how the words make them feel, then they can just substitute other words that you didn't even say. Saline School District immediately issued a response that says in part, quote, hate, prejudice, and racism have no place. Hate, prejudice, and racism has no place in our, our schools or our community. What hate did he, uh, what hate did he express? What prejudice did he express? What racism did he express? He said, why did you leave Mexico then? If, you, if you're so pissed off about what's happening here in America, why did you leave Mexico? Where is the hate? Where is the prejudice? They, people don't care. In our schools, in our community, the Saline Board of Education and Administration take the issue of student and adult behaviour seriously. <laughs> that's, that's the reassuring part. It's an educational institution that is saying this. It's an educational institution that is actually getting the fucking words completely wrong and just inventing their own meaning. And Adrian Irola, the father, you Here just he heard... Here he is! He gets his spot on TV, huh? Some people try for fucking years to get a spot on TV. Some, some people make it their life's work to get on cable news. All this guy had to do was be... All this guy had to do was talk about how abusive and racist America is and be asked the question, why did you leave Mexico then? That's all he had to do. Now he's on TV with Brooke Baldwin. From is with me now. And Adrian, thank you so much for, for being on. I know your three children graduated out of the school system years ago. Years ago? Years ago? So not a current student. Okay. Oh, look at me. Andrew I'm Jackson, thank you for the tip. I'm an actual racist from way back and that means that I despise everyone and nothing this guy said was racist. <laughs> it's a bunch of white women yelling at a truth teller. I, I love it. A bunch of white women yelling at a truth teller. <clears throat> I'm an actual racist from way back, says Andrew Jackson. Should we just check in on our window of life just to make sure we're not missing anything? Okay. Okay, nothing's going on at the window of life. So, 
Just making sure. Thank you for the tip, by the way, Andrew Jackson, our, our moderator on YouTube, ladies and gentlemen. A bunch of white women. You, you're probably right. You're probably right. Present company excluded, of course. Present company excluded, for the most part. But you know what? You know who I'm talking about. White women in the chat. You know that I know which ones the troublemakers are. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. And I hope that you appreciate that I've got the Indian woman doing the readouts for the for the donations because obviously not a racist, not a racist. We love our Indians. We love our uneducated. We love our white women. We love our Indians. We love our Mexican. We love our ne- crack dealers. <laughs> but you and your wife wanted to attend the meeting just to, to stand in solidarity solidarity with the parents so just stand in solidarity here. he wasn't standing in solidarity he was fucking lecturing from the microphone Does it, again thank you brooke it, you've been receiving threats i understand yeah. you told it always goes to the threats doesn't it my producer you know people are posting pictures of your children they are trying to get your daughter fired from her job threatening to to firebomb your restaurants I, restaurants plural your own kids so he's obviously being treated very harshly by america sir you know don't want you to speak out on, on this so publicly. Why do you want to come on national television, sir, and, and, and use your voice on this? Good question. Brooke, I have received so much support from so many people. It's, again, I don't want to sound like I'm not being sympathetic here, but am I the only one that thinks it's weird when you're asked about getting death threats your first response is to talk about how much support you have hang on i thought it was like an an escape from fucking new york kind of scenario here i thought it was you know what i mean i thought it was like armageddon down there but the first thing that you say i've got so much support everyone agrees with me but you were just asked about aren't there people apparently threatening to firebomb your restaurants isn't that something that's happening oh but i've got so much support it's just strange. It's just a strange answer, I think. He doesn't address the claim of the threats, right? Doesn't address the claim. Just goes straight into the, I don't know. This incident uh, went national for many reasons. When people come to me and... Mainly because CNN played it. And want to express their support and gratitude for uh, my wife and I speaking up. They shake my hand. I've got to say, though, his teeth are fucking amazing, aren't they? Look how white those chompers are. Incredible teeth. And give me hugs. Give me hugs. And many of them, of all races, cry. Cry. (laughs) They cry. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm just mixing. Maybe I'm running in the wrong circles. Maybe I just have the wrong people around me. Seldom do I get strangers come up to me and just start crying. Right? He said people of all races are now coming up to him and crying. I don't know, man. I don't know. (laughs) Sounds kind of weird. It would make me very unfucking comfortable. In my shoulder, and I cry. 
The window is playing sirens. People, thank you for giving us updates on the window of life. Where? Oh yes, we're back. Pit opening square bracket closing square bracket 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 opening square bracket closing. The guys, the guy is literally just smoking crack right there on camera. He does not give a fuck. Closing square bracket. The bucket. It looks like the chicken has been extracted from the bucket. So did he just pay the guy for a hit? I didn't know you could do that. Can you pay for one hit to put your lips on a filthy, disgusting um, communal crack pipe? Is that a thing? He didn't even bring his own pipe. He used the dealer's pipe. That's a fucking red flag, man. Like, sure enough, if you want to take a little hit or something, hey, you know, I, I think as long as you don't turn into a full-blown crackhead, then there's probably not a problem. A little hit every now and then, okay, whatever fucking, whatever tickles your pickle. I smoke crack. I smoke this is what Bitch, someone I else is playing. Crack. I smoke crack. Bitch, I smoke crack. Bitch, I smoke crack. Bitch, I smoke crack. I know work. Shut the fuck up. Give me some money for the credit. What is this, stuck up? You're about to be stuck up when the peace come out. Even if you're talking no shit with no teeth in your mouth. I smoke crack, bitch. But don't tell. It's a secret. I might let you sneak in here. If you can keep it. Nice TV shit. When is y'all leaving? I can babysit your... Ah, uh, if... <laughs> <laughs> I'm sad that it's Wednesday night because usually, um, like when I go to bed, it's Hitler again. Usually when I go to bed, I throw on Nightwave, Mersh on Nightwave Radio. He doesn't do Wednesday nights. I fucking wish he was on tonight because this is fucking right up his alley. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> fucking fantastic. <laughs> We're gonna keep. We're gonna keep that rolling. We'll keep it rolling I'll in the background. My knapsack on my back, my rifle on my shoulder. I march away to the firing line. Kill that Yankee soldier. I'll kill that Yankee soldier. <laughs> march away to the firing line and kill that Yankee soldier. Fucking amazing, is it? Whoever, whoever did this is a fucking genius. The stream started, look at this. The stream started 17 hours ago. 17 hours ago. Utterly fucking fantastic. I love it. You've got to be. I've got to be fair here. I love it from both sides. I love the fact that the live streamer is doing this, and they have the speakers out the window in the alleyway, playing the donos as they roll in, just unattended, just fucking go wild. The guy is going to make a fucking fortune out of this. But I also, I've got to be fair here. I also love the fact that the crack dealers don't give a fuck. That's probably that's even better to me. That they haven't left. They're not leaving the scene. They're still, they're just out there dealing. They're out there fucking smoking crack and eating fried chicken. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't care. That's even better. It's a symbiotic relationship. 
I wonder if this particular crack alley will become more famous now. Will more people go there just to get on the internet? You know what I mean? So more people will go there to get on the internet. The guy will make more money from donos. Everybody wins. It's fucking beautiful. It is a beautiful situation to me. <laughs> Absolutely fantastic. All right, we'll check in with the uh, the alley of life, the, the window of life again shortly. Let's get back to our Brooko. With them. Mm. This is a very mm. painful moment and, and we need to speak up painful. against racism. And I continue to speak and I will continue to speak because yep. there are very few people that... that <laughs> Today you love that we're playing this guy complaining about racism and then we're cutting to... <laughs> Shoot that Yankee soldier. <laughs> we, interrupt, we interrupt this important message about racism to go to a crack den. I killed a nigger. <laughs> You're the racist, sir. <laughs> oh, fuck this guy. He's boring. Uh, I, want, I want more crack stuff. Um, while we're waiting for something else to happen at the crack den, I thought I'd show you this. Uh, Joey Saladino, who Saladino, who people know as Joey Salads, I know he annoys a lot of people. I don't really, he's, I'm indifferent to him. I don't really, you know, like or dislike. I don't care. I don't really pay attention. But he tweeted this out. Should this girl be kicked out of her college? So we're, we're turning into, um, you know, the, well, I'm Donald Trump. I'm MAGA. This girl should be kicked out of college. Like we're turning into SJWs now, apparently. Oh, hang on. We've got another dono coming in. According to the evidence, according to the facts, according to what is. Maybe tonight is the same. Maybe it's happened. Maybe the time. I don't even want to say it. Um, maybe the time <laughs> for arguments is past. If you look at the bottom of the screen, see where the dollar note is? You can see um, the two speakers there wrapped in plastic. So this guy's thought it through. He's wrapped the, the speakers in plastic. So obviously if it rains or whatever, they're not going to short out. You know what I mean? And I don't know if you can see next to the dollar there. That looks to me, in my uneducated opinion, that looks to me like a loogie. Like a... It looks like one of those. It looks like a big chunk of lung butter expelled past the lips. <laughs> big cock 45 donated five dollars. Police! Help! Police! Help! Police! Help! Help! Police! Monica says, I love you, Boogie. You open my eyes to the beauty outside my window. No, I, it's not me. It's this guy. Whoever this guy is, that's the genius. Direct your love to him. He's showing the world. <laughs> showing the world what happens outside of his fucking apartment window. Sensational. All right, let's get back to uh, the machinations of the red hat SJW Joey Salads. So he tweeted this out earlier today should this girl lose her job should she be arrested for incitement of violence 
That's quite the accusation. Let's see what she actually did. So I just saw a video of like a whole crowd of people at some college, like harassing and shouting at Caitlyn Bennett. And honestly, this whole bullying Caitlyn Bennett thing has gone so far at this point, but not far enough. We can do more, all right? I want, I want crowds, I want mobs, bullying, harassing Caitlyn Bennett. We can do it. That's it. That's it. Number one, first of all, I thought it was like tongue in cheek and she was being cheeky and trying to be funny, you know, because she did. Oh, and it hasn't gone far enough. We want more. But second of all, where's better? Where's a better? How about that? That looks good. Uh, she's far too cute to be arrested. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I don't care. I don't care what I don't care what anybody says. Uh, this somebody somebody who is this cute cannot be arrested. Somebody who is this cute should not be uh, thrown in prison. Sorry, I don't care. <laughs> I'm going with it. I don't, I don't even care if she's a lesbian. But not far enough. We can do more. All right. I want I want crowds. I want mobs bullying, harassing Caitlyn Bennett. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. So that's ridiculous. Should she be arrested for incitement of violence? No, absolutely not. Um, oh, I've got to show you something. So let's let's juxtapose the crack den, which we've had a lot of fun with tonight, with this next thing that I'm going to show you. This next thing would have to be one of the most amazing, inspiring pieces of footage that I have ever seen in my entire fucking life. And maybe you saw it on Twitter today. I'm not sure. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't. Um, you know, we have a lot of, we reserve a lot of, you know, uh, anger, frustration, hate, cynicism, skepticism for the medical world, generally speaking. You know, whenever medical science fucks up, we are always the first to jump right up. You know, we get We get right up their ass, don't we? the pharmaceutical industry, what have you, you know, healthcare, all of that stuff. We get right up their ass and we stick our fingers in their face and we, we give them what for. So what's happening here is this classical violinist is getting brain surgery, apparently a very complicated brain surgery. And so the surgeons know that they're not affecting the part of her brain that deals with the very small, very precise finger movements that she needs in order to continue playing violin. She is literally playing the violin while they are uh, operating on her, giving her brain surgery. They have cut the top of her head open and are sticking sharp things into her brain and she's playing the violin while doing it.
Isn't that fucking amazing? <laughs> Shit like that blows my mind. <clears throat> and you know, like for like I said, for all of the shit that we throw on uh, the medical industry, and for all of the shit that we throw on the world of medicine, and rightfully so when they deserve it, uh, shit like that, <laughs> you seldom ever get um, the praise. They seldom ever get the praise for like, I mean, that's a miracle being able to do something like that. That is a legitimate fucking miracle. So that's wild. Oh, we've got another deal happening. Let's get back. We've got to get straight back to our crack den. Got another deal going down. Let's check it out. Oh, look at this fucking, look at this rookie. You don't wear a bright yellow jacket to a fucking drug deal, man. What, do you want everyone to know you're there? Asshole. Are you fucking kidding me? It's raining. It's a Wednesday. You know we're out there dealing and smoking crack in the alley? I don't even need to go to the zoo. I can just look out my back window <laughs> look at a bunch of gorilla eight niggas out there Jesus smoking crack. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Why don't you get a fucking job? Fucking niggers. The Daily Boogie disavows <laughs> everything that the Daily Boogie does. 18 hours strong now, this live stream. We've got another, got another dono coming in. $5 from Ice. I'm a nigger. I'm a nigger. This has I'm been going on YouTube for 18 hours. I'm a nigger. So they're obviously not banning um, live streams for saying the N-word, right? And the whole thing around the N-word I find, you know, ostensibly ridiculous. But again, like, I'm not an American, so it's probably not going to affect me the same way it would affect somebody who is, like, granted. But, I mean, I grew up, um, you know, you would be amazed how many white suburban boys grow up go go going around, like, in Australia with Australian accents um, listening to Tupac calling each other nigger. Hey, what's up, nigger? Like, it's, it's fucking hilarious. It ha but it happens all the time. So um, I think for, for people like who aren't in that world, like this world here, uh, it's just a word that gets said in songs. You know, it's not, it doesn't have the same connotations. Okay. Yeah, people are still amazed at the um at that surgery video. That was fucking that that is incredible stuff like that. That that always blows my mind. Thank you for the diamond, UK Neil. Uh, we'll leave our crack in just for a moment because I did want to touch on Michael Bloomberg tonight. We've got to get into this Michael Bloomberg stuff because. This is fucking hilarious. Have a look at this shit that the New Yorker is pushing about Michael Bloomberg. At the Democratic debate, 
can the other candidates halt the rise of Michael Bloomberg? This is this is literally a manufactured hype fake um, candidate that has been made before your very eyes. It's almost like they don't realise how cynical people are now. They ha- they haven't recognised that nobody believes this shit. Nobody believes that Michael Bloomberg is on this meteoric rise and he's the next big thing and he's going to be the candidate that comes out of nowhere and wins the nomination. Nobody likes this fucking guy. Nobody. Democrats fucking hate this guy. It is the most utterly absurd fake candidacy that I have ever seen, ever. From like two decades of being a political fucking junkie watching campaigns, not just in Australia, America, Australia, New Zealand, the UK. I watched the fucking lot. (laughs) This is fucking ridiculous. Listen to this shit. Political commentators often overemphasize the importance of televised debates, but Wednesday night's Democratic Gab Fest in Las Vegas may turn out to be one occasion when the hype is justified. The hype that people like this are manufacturing out of fucking thin air. Having risen in the polls after reportedly spending more than $350 million... Bullshit! Now is not the time. Lucifer, Sam, thank you for joining us. You you would agree with me with, on this point 100%, I suspect, but I'm not going to put words in your mouth. Now is not the time for the big money uh, Democrat candidate. That time has passed. That might have been in the early 90s. That might have been in the 70s. Fuck it. It might have been in the 1950s. But the big money suit-wearing Democrat candidate who spends $350 million of his personal fortune on political ads is not going to win the nomination. This guy is fucking cancer. Plain and simple. The psyche, I suspect, of the American public right now, again, I could be wrong, but viewing from this vantage point, from the outside looking in, the psyche of the American public and the Democrat voter, by and large, is not aligned with the big money candidate for the Democrat Party right now. It is a complete fucking hoax. From top to bottom. Normal people are not talking about how inspired they are by the Michael Bloomberg candidacy. That is not happening anywhere. (laughs) Nobody wants fucking Michael Bloomberg. Michael Bloomberg is making his prime time debut. The manner in which the former New York mayor has barged into the race, like it's all powerful language, like he's he's a machine, he's a beast, he's barging in. He's unstoppable. It is fucking absurd. It's ridiculous. Knocking candidates with far fewer resources out of the spotlight, it's manufactured, though. Harkens back to what Donald Trump did in the 2016 Republican primary. Oh, he's just like Donald Trump. He's exactly the same as Donald Trump. (laughs) Yes. For the five other Democrats participating at the debate, particularly the moderates, 
Their best chance of stopping the Bloomberg steamroller, yes, they use that fucking word, the Bloomberg steamroller, is to push it off course immediately. That's what they will try to do at the Paris Theatre. The Democratic debate, can other candidates halt the rise of Michael Bloomberg? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking get the fuck out of here. Fuck out of here. What a circus, man. This is embarrassing. (laughs) The guy's hiring fucking people on Instagram to make memes for him. Fuck off. (laughs) Uh, Joey M uh, tweeted this out earlier today. Uh, Let's see what this is. So the United States currently accounts for about 15% of global greenhouse gas emissions. China accounts for roughly 30% of greenhouse gas emissions. How do we, even if we get to net zero, how do you get China, India, and the other countries to be good partners? China is doing a lot. Yes, they're still building a bunch of coal fiber. (laughs) We found the one. (laughs) I can't fucking, I can't. We found the... Nobody believes uh, China is doing a lot for global warming. Nobody. <laughs> no, nobody thinks that the. Uh, I mean, if you if you get as a as a general rule, as a base rule, if you get figures about greenhouse gas emissions from the fucking Communist Party of China, <laughs> they're not accurate. All right, they're nowhere close to fucking accurate. They don't care about the environment. Listen to this guy's rationale. Power plants. And they're still burning coal. Yes, they are. But they are now moving plants away from the cities. Oh. <laughs> they're moving their power plants away from the cities. How are they doing that? Well, they're just putting them on trucks, just rolling them down the street. Oh, we'll just put the power plant here now. Oh, right, right, right. That's fucking ridiculous. There. The, the, the Communist Party wants to stay in power in China and they listen to the public. When the- it's, it sounds like a democratic fucking wonderland. Oh, they've, they've, they listen to their, vote, their voters. <laughs> they listen to the public. They want to stay in power. They've, they're, they're benevolent. It's a benevolent dictatorship. It's a benevolent, you know, uh, (laughs) mega uh, maniacal militaristic imperialist regime. They care about the average person. Thanks for joining us, Brave Bigger. Xi Jinping is not a dictator. He has to satisfy his constituents or he's not going to survive. He's not a dictator? No, he... This is PBS, by the way. PBS sees right through this piece of shit. Yes, he has a constituency to add to. to, to uh, <laughs> he has a constituency to answer to. <laughs> China. Uh, answer to. He doesn't uh, have a vote. He doesn't have a democracy. He doesn't. That he's doesn't not mean he can survive if his, if his advisors. I mean, is, is gave the him check on him just a revolution? Yeah, I can have a revolution. Nobody, su- well, then- no government survives without the will of the majority of its people. Okay, it, it's just he, he has to deliver services. The Chinese Communist Party looks at Russia, and they look for where the Communist Party is, and they don't find it anymore, and uh-huh. they don't want that to happen. 
I mean, I, the, the idea that the Chinese government is responsive to sort of a, a democratic expression of fresh oh, air, come on, clean of air. Of they are. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> This is the guy. This is the guy that's going to win the Democrat Party nomination. You're fucking kidding me, aren't you? You have to be fucking kidding me. This is the the unstoppable steamroller of the Bloomberg campaign to win the nomination for the Democrat Party. You are pissing in my fucking face when you say that. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever fucking heard. He's not going to win anything. <laughs> Looking at the people in Hong well, Kong on, who are on, go, protesting go back and, go back and, and wondering whether... I, I, I'm going to put this out there. I'm going to put this on the table. If at the end of the day it turns out that Michael Bloomberg miraculously, through some kind of fucking miracle, wins the nomination for the Democrat Party, I'm telling you right now it will be a fucking setup. It won't, it won't be a natural organic thing. It won't be because that's what Democrat voters wanted. No way, shape or form, not a snowflake's chance in hell of that being legitimate. I don't I don't need any evidence for that. There is no way that Michael Bloomberg if he wins the nomination won it legitimately. Simple as that. The, the Go Chinese back and read the press the say. days when you have big pollution in 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 Beijing. Yeah, like yesterday? Yesterday, Michael? Something about it. That's that's yeah. ridiculous. The trouble is you can't overnight move cement plants and power plants just yep. outside the city that are polluting the air and you have to have their product. So some of it takes time. Yeah. And there's they're, they're taking their time. They're very good at taking their time. Uh let's check in on our preferred candidate for the 2020 presidential race, ladies and gentlemen, John McAfee. McAfee, America great again. Uh, the freedom candidate, John McAfee, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, we've got another donation here. Hang on. Got another dono coming in at the window of life. Good for nothing, niggas. And I know some of you don't want to hear me say that word. It's the ugliest word in the English language. But that's what I see now, niggas. And you don't want to be a nigger, because niggers are living contradictions. Niggers are full of unfulfilled ambition. Okay, there you go. Uh, live from the window of life, ladies and gentlemen. So our preferred candidate, John McAfee, he's been spending a little time in Catalonia, Catalonia, where Barcelona, 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 the independence movement of the Catalonians against the the Kingdom of Spain. Spain is an interesting one. Did you know the Spain the Spanish national anthem has no words in it? Not many people know that. So the Spanish national anthem is just music. And the reason that it doesn't have words is because Spain is essentially a whole bunch of little countries fucking jammed together. And they don't have words in their national anthem because nobody could agree on what the words should be. You know, it only became like a unified country after a civil war, right? So so all of the little kingdoms in Spain, all of the little principalities in Spain, they all fucking hate each other. They call themselves Spanish for the most part, but people from Barcelona don't call themselves Spanish. They call themselves Catalonia. They have a different language. Uh so there's been a like an independence movement in Catalonia for quite some time and it constantly gets jammed down by the Spanish government because if they lost Catalonia, then basically Spain would fall apart because a lot of money comes from that part of the world, from that part of their country. Oh, oh, oh we've got somebody. Hang on. 
niggas love to be late. Niggas hate to hurry. We got a white guy in the alley. Entertainment television is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. ASD, FASDF, that's one of the um, Revenge of the Sis donos, I think. <laughs> I think that's one of the Revenge of the Sis guys. Jitterbug. What's he going to play? Jitterbug. Jitterbug. You put the it's the actual wham song. <laughs> there you go. Nick Sad has donated five dollars. I can watch this all fucking night now. We'll come back to the window of life. Uh, I want to share this video from uh, the 2020 presidential hopeful, John McAfee. So he's spending a little time in Catalonia and he put this video out with uh, this, ladies and gentlemen. We go to Catalonia once a month for two days. Why? The Catalonian freedom movement is the leading edge freedom movement in the world. I accost random strangers and pretend to be their friend. <laughs> so he's got presidential... He's got presidential uh, style and charisma written all fucking over him, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so he pretends to be a friend to strangers. He says, the truly free roll with it, the rest ignore me. So let's have a look. Let's see what truly free people do when they're accosted by a stranger in a car in the on the forefront of the freedom movement internationally, ladies and gentlemen. John McAfee. Here in Catalonia, the, uh, the center of... Uh... Where's this? Hola. What? Do uh, you remember me? I'm playing Yes. You remember me, yes? Oh, oh it's okay. Don't, don't worry. My apologies. Thank you, sir. Do I know you? Yes, yes, we, we were at that whorehouse together. <laughs> we were at that whorehouse together. <laughs> Um, two years ago, this is my wife, Janice. You don't remember? Not a problem. Okay. Thank you, sir. Adios. Adios. <laughs> Do you want, should I donate to the um to the window of life? All right, I'll don't I'll donate something to the window of life. Hank. Why not? Uh, let me find the details here. All right. Yeah, we can do that. <laughs> Let me bring up the window of life for you. And we'll we'll send in a dono, shall we? donate though watch what 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 uh media should i send to the window of life it has to be something boogie it has to be something daily boogie you know what i mean
thinking, 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 thinking. Okay, all right. just have to mute it for a sec so I don't spoil it. Okay. I think I got something. Don't know how, it's good, how good it's going to be, but we'll see. Let's see what happens. Might be on a delay. Here we go. There he is. Quiet. 
don't know if you could hear it or not. So I'll play. It was pretty quiet on the on the thing. I didn't know it was going to be that quiet. So I'll, I'll play the actual one for you. This is what I sent to it. Just, I'm a movie buff. But you know what's on my mind right now? It ain't the coffee in my kitchen. It's the dead nigger in my garage. <laughs> oh, Jimmy, don't even worry well, about no, no, it. Wait a minute, I don't think about anything. I want to ask you a question. When you came pulling in here, did you notice a sign on the front of my house that said dead nigger storage? Jimmy, you know I ain't seen no shit. Did you notice a sign in the front of my house that said dead nigger storage? No, I didn't. You know why you didn't see that sign? Because it ain't there, because storing dead niggers ain't my fucking business. That's why. And it was perfect 30 seconds. It was the perfect 30-second block. <laughs> there you go. Uh, where the fuck were we, by the way? Oh, now I've got one. Now I've got one. I'm going to send another dono. I'm going to send a more appropriate dono now. Andrew Jackson's going to send the chat smoker. <laughs> now we're giving this, now we're giving this fucking guy money. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's the name of that fucking band? I just want to say, how dare you co-opt the symbols of okay. my trans and gay siblings while also oh, yeah. We're doing this having one. those very same symbols. I have to mute it again so I don't spoil the surprise. So I can tee up the right time. Yeah. Yep. Yep, this is what we're doing. <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. <laughs> but I love it. <laughs> one guy has donated... One because when you donate to this stream, if you go to the Streamlabs, you can see what people have donated. One guy has donated four hundred and fifty fucking dollars to this stream. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unmute it. This might be more appropriate, I think. This is more Daily Boogie styles than the last one. That is a lot of crack, 450 bucks. Although crack's pretty expensive now, isn't it? Chat on YouTube says cops close the alley. Oh no, only after 19 hours of live streaming. I just want to say, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you? 
This is rising. Hey, Spooky. So mine will be up next. have closed the alley then it kind of loses its fucking charm doesn't it what a show <laughs> i didn't expect that to take over tonight's live stream but it has it has uh should we do one more thing just to end tonight what have we got what can we do okay look in a similar vein let's play this short little clip just for fun just for shits and giggles thank you for joining us you're on the daily boogie podcast ladies and gentlemen by the rivers of babylon where we sat down, yeah, we wept when we remembered Zion. When the wicked carried us away in captivity, what was it? There's something at us, a song. And now I need to know how the rest of it goes. <laughs> Sorry. joining us on this edition of the daily boogie um i don't know i feel i've got so much extra stuff that we could do might have to do another show over the weekend might do a game stream at some point over the next few days see how we go thank you so much for joining us thank you to everyone who contributed tonight dlive.tv slash boogie bumper if you'd like to become a supporter of the show ladies and gentlemen please head to patreon.com slash boogie bumper Become a subscriber by hitting the subscribe button on your pref uh, preferred podcast player. And, of course, 
If you'd like to tell me about your journey in captivity to the crack dens of the United States, then you can do so by following me on Twitter at Boogie Bumper. Don't forget to follow our friends at RealPersonPLTCS, at ChrisMC44, at YCensored, at WinningTV, at UK Neil, at Irrational Times. Thank you for the diamond, UK Neil. Uh, Robbie Don't Care. Follow Robbie Don't Care on Twitter. He's, he's got nixed on his last account. He needs he needs a bit of support, so give Robbie Don't Care a follow on Twitter as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, like I said, I don't know when I'll be back. I'll try and do something else over the weekend. We'll see how we go. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, stay calm, stay rational. God bless. Remember the rivers of Zion, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.